This week's episode is a workshop I gave on self-esteem and how to increase it. The recording contains hypnosis and meditation. So don't listen to this recording whilst driving or whilst operating heavy machinery. If you'd like to watch the video of this presentation, just go to my Facebook group, Building the Confidence to Live an Abundant and Prosperous Life. And you can find a link to my Facebook group in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy this presentation. Um, if you do, please you know, leave a review. Um, and yes, enjoy. Okay, so welcome to tonight's presentation on increasing self-esteem. So the agenda for tonight's workshop. First of all, we're going to talk about what self-esteem is, what causes a lack of self-esteem, and how low self-esteem could be affecting you. And we're going to talk about me, my own experience with low self-esteem, how it affected me, and how I increased my self-esteem. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what we can do to increase it. So we're going to look a little bit at CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, a little bit at hypnosis and neuroplasticity. And then at the end, uh, I invite you to ask any questions or give me any comments. So what is self-esteem? What is low self-esteem? Let me know in the chat box what low self-esteem means to you. Use the chat box to tell me. Not knowing your own value, disrespecting yourself. Yep. When you don't believe you're good at anything or that everyone else is better. Yep. Feeling inferior to others. Yeah, I'd agree to that. Okay. Not knowing your value. Mm-hmm. Okay, so self-esteem is a nominalization. Um, and in NLP, nominalization is a term we use for something you can't put in a wheelbarrow. Nominal nominalizations happen whenever a person describes a process, a verb, as a thing, a noun. Nouns are fixed and definite. Verbs are actions and allow for change. So what I'd like you to do is a little thought experiment. I'd like you to imagine a situation that you want to change. And think about how you are in that situation now. What are your current thoughts, feelings, and behaviors when you're in that situation? This could be a situation to do with self-esteem, something which you feel if you have more self-esteem, it would be better for you in that situation. Or anything at all. Just think about a situation that you'd 
want to change and think about how you currently think, feel and behave when you're in that situation. I'll give you a couple of moments to do that. And now, how do you want to be? Imagine how you'd like to be in that situation. What would your thoughts, feelings and behaviours be in that situation when you have more self-esteem? How would that situation change? Just thinking about that. And so, as you can see, when we change the way we think or feel in a situation, our behaviours change. And when we change our behaviours, the way we think and feel can change. So having more self-esteem is a process. It's not a trait. It's not something that's fixed. So by changing the thoughts in that situation, we can change our self-esteem levels. By changing the feelings in that situation, we can change our self-esteem levels. And by changing the behaviours in that situation, we can change our thoughts and feelings to have more self-esteem. So who would agree with me on that? Let me know in the chat box. The effects of low self-esteem. If someone has healthy self-esteem, it means they value themselves and they're capable of taking responsibility for their actions. And esteem comes from the Latin word estimere, which means to appraise, value or rate. I think some of you um, said that previously, that self-esteem Yep, knowing that it can be changed is very empowering, absolutely. As some of you said previously, uh, you know, self-esteem is not knowing your own sense of self-worth. So that's one definition for self-esteem. And self-acceptance, someone with healthy self-esteem doesn't look to the world for approval or love, so they can live without fear of failure, or rejection, they're usually self-motivated because they're able to bond with others in a healthy manner. They find it easy to form meaningful relationships. And codependency. Someone with low self-esteem will often look to the outside world to make them feel okay. So this means that they may find themselves in abusive relationships, they may develop addiction issues, and they may rely on coping strategies such as alcohol, drugs, or sex to make them feel worthy. And the fear of failure, and rejection can cause people with low self-esteem to struggle when it comes to bonding with others. And this can result in them forming unhealthy relationships. They will often look to others for approval and they'll do anything to avoid rejection. This can make them easy to manipulate and easy to con. They have no boundaries. Because they fear rejection and need approval, it can result in people with low self-esteem being unable to form healthy boundaries or assert themselves in a healthy manner. 
And this can make them become people pleasers. It can make them doormats. Again, it can make it easy to manipulate them. It can make them um, susceptible to abuse and abusive relationships. They're unassertive. Assertiveness is about knowing when to say no without imposing yourself on other people. Being assertive usually requires emotional intelligence. Assertive people are usually able to negotiate better, so they suffer less anxiety. So if a person has self-confidence, they trust themselves and their abilities. They are capable of taking on new challenges and learning new skills. So confidence and self-esteem are often confused and the two are different, but they, there is a correlation between them. So confidence generally comes from experience. The more we successfully do something, the more confident we become in our ability to do that thing. Confidence is about belief. It's about your belief in your values and your ability to trust your own judgment. Someone with healthy levels of self-confidence will have faith in themselves and this faith will result in less procrastination and firmer decision-making abilities. Someone with low confidence will compensate. They'll look to possessions and in some cases they may even treat other people as possessions to try and increase their own levels of confidence. So where does it come from? So everyone is doing the best they can with what they have. For many people, for me, like many people, low confidence and low self-esteem and being unable to assert yourself are caused by similar circumstances. For me, it was caused by growing up in a dysfunctional family and this caused me to suffer complex post-traumatic stress disorder, CPTSD. And CPTSD is caused by being trapped in an abusive situation that lasts for a long, prolonged duration. It's commonly suffered by prisoners of war, members of cults, and children who grow up in dysfunctional families. So one symptom of complex PTSD is a negative self-image and an inner, inner critic whereby the child internalizes the shame projected onto them by the parent or parents. And this is usually done in the form of put downs, physical and emotional abuse. It causes the child to suffer low self-esteem and a lack of self-confidence. And systems theory says that by changing one part of the system, we can start to change the entire system. So increasing confidence can have a knock-on effect when it comes to increasing self-esteem. And increasing self-esteem can have a knock-on effect when it comes to increasing confidence or being more assertive. Likewise, being more assertive can increase confidence and self-esteem. So whilst issues with self-esteem, confidence and assertiveness usually result from the same experiences, and one person who experiences one will probably experience the others, they're not always the same. 
So how does low self-esteem affect you? Let me know in the chat box. Type your answers in the chat box. Let me know how low, low self-esteem affects you. Makes it difficult to make decisions, yep. Being nervous, yep. Unable to socialize, and yep. And inability to study, mm-hmm. Lots of self-doubt, yep. Too scared to go after your goals, yep. Yep, lots of great, lots of great points there, lots of great answers. So me. Yep, don't like meeting new people. I used to be like that. I used to suffer with all these kind of things. Um, very much. I, yeah, inability to study. I used to have an inability to concentrate. Um, used to be nervous. Yeah, socializing and yeah, I couldn't keep a relationship. So, who am I? I am Mark Stubbles. I'm a, yeah, I used to self-sabotage a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm Mark Stubbles. I'm a hypnotherapist, a life coach, a master practitioner of mindfulness and NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program. And for me, my journey started in 2015. Until that time, like I said, I was very troubled. I used to suffer with emotional dysregulation, flashbacks. I used to get very anxious. I used, didn't like to be on my own. I couldn't function uh, very well at all. I was shy and introverted and I started questioning why I'd gotten into this situation and I started looking for ways to change. I wasn't in a good place. So I started looking at mindfulness and I started looking at philosophy and then I started studying NLP, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, and hypnotherapy and things really started to improve for me from studying these things and then in 2019 I was announced the best hypnotherapist in Windsor Berkshire and I've now done a few public speaking engagements standing in front of hundreds of people and giving speeches so my confidence has really come a very long way from where it was. Um, so cognitive behavioural therapy and how it can improve self-esteem. So as I said previously, we have thoughts. Then we have feelings. It is. It was, Mohammed. yes. And then we have feelings. Then we have behaviours. And then we have physical reactions. So, our thoughts influence our feelings and our feelings influence our behaviours and our behaviours influence our reactions. But as I said previously, our physical reactions can change the way we behave and this can 
influence our thoughts, which can make us feel bad. For example, one of the issues I used to have was blushing. I'd blush very easily. So that's a physical reaction. And that made me conscious of what people would think of me. Uh, and that made me feel embarrassed. And then my behavior cha changed there when I just stopped trying to stop meeting new people because I was conscious of what they'd think of me. So by changing the behavior, by saying I'm going to meet new people, I was able to start to realize that people didn't really care if I was blushing or not. And so that made my thoughts change because I realized that no one cared. And then that had a knock-on effect to my feelings because I stopped feeling embarrassed. And then my physical reactions changed because I stopped blushing, because I stopped caring what people think. So that's an example of how cognitive behavioral therapy can help us when it comes to increasing self-esteem or changing you know, what we do in situations. So neuroplasticity and hypnosis. You can't be someone you don't perceive yourself to be. So by using hypnosis, we can imagine ourselves the way we want to be. And the emotional part of your brain cannot tell the difference between a real or an imagined event. And so when we use hypnosis to visualize ourselves this way, it builds new neural pathways in the brain and we can start to associate ourselves that way. The more we envisage ourselves this way, the stronger those neural pathways become and the more we become the person that we want to be. And so there's a theory with hypnosis and that is that when we use hypnosis, we're looking to access the theta brainwave state. And that's part of the REM sleep cycle. So by accessing that brainwave state, we can start to envisage things more easily. Like the REM sleep cycle is when we're dreaming. And um, it's been proven that until the age of seven, children are in the theta brainwave state almost all the time. So it's thought to be a hyper learning state and when the neuroplasticity is at its highest. So who would like to do some exercises to show you the power of your mind? Let me know if you'd like to do some exercises to prove the power of your mind. Let me know in the chat box. Okay, excellent. All right, so what I'd like you to do is sit on the on your chair or whatever surface you're sitting on and i'd like you to put your right hand out in front of you and point your finger your index finger out like that and then without moving your lower body just twisting at the waist i'd like you to turn around and just see how far you can go round, you can move around without turning your lower body, just by twisting at the waist. And notice where you've gone to. Notice the point that you've gone to. And then come back to the center, put your arm down. 
Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. And with your eyes closed, just imagine that you're going around further, that you're twisting around further. You can imagine yourself going all the way around if you want, doing a complete 180 or 360. It's only in your mind. Just imagine yourself going around even further. And then open your eyes, come back to the present. Once again, put that hand out in front of you, point in the finger again, and then just twisting at the waist again. Just notice how much further you can go around this time. And use the chat box to let me know how much further you are able to go around, if you were able to go further. Yep, 30 centimetres, that's quite, yep. Excellent. So you're all able to see an improvement there. All right, so now what I'd like you to do is to place your right hand out in front of you like that with your palm facing down. Place your left hand out in front of you like that with your palm facing up and I'd like you to close your eyes and imagine that we have tied some helium balloons to your right hand and to your left hand we've placed some heavy leather bound books. I'd like you to imagine that right hand just rising up with those helium balloons the left hand just lowers down with those heavy leather-bound books. Just imagine that happening now. The right hand's rising up as the left hand's just lowering down. Just imagine that happening. And then leave your hands where they are. Open your eyes. And notice how much difference you've been able to make just by imagining that happening. Let me know in the chat box what you noticed there. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So this is the power of your mind. Just by imagining these things, we can make these changes. So what I'd like you to do now is to take a deep breath in, close your eyes, and with your eyes closed, just imagine you're walking into your kitchen and you're finding a nice juicy lemon on the side there. You're getting a chopping board and you're getting a sharp knife. You're placing that lemon on that chopping board you're slicing it in half. And then you're taking that half and you're slicing it again. And then you're slicing that into a quarter. And then picking up that quarter. I'd like you to imagine 
just placing it in your mouth and biting down on it. Imagine all the juices coming out of that lemon and running down your mouth, dripping off your chin. Just imagine that happening now. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to the present. And let me know in the chat box if you noticed yourself salivating when we were doing that. Yep. Obviously. <laughs> Yes. Excellent. Okay. So going back to the presentation. Okay, so that's neuroplasticity. And Hypnosis is a perfectly natural state that we all experience several times during the course of a day. If you've ever been driving your car, gone to your destination and not remembered the journey, that's hypnosis. If you've ever been watching TV, zoned out, lost track of time, and then when you check your watch, time for bed that would be a state of hypnosis reading a book if you've ever been reading a book and being completely engrossed in the book um, and you know just lost track of time that would be a state of hypnosis so hypnosis is a focused state of attention and it's not sleep and it's not relaxing but it can be relaxing um, because when we do it therapeutically, we use the power of suggestion to allow you to relax. Um, if you've ever been playing a sport and got a, got a small cut or you know some kind of small injury to your skin and kept playing, not noticed, that would be a state of hypnosis, state of trance, because it's a Focus, stay of attention, as I say. So, hypnosis is, as I say, a perfectly natural state. But if you are, um, if you suffer with epilepsy, hypnosis is not for you. So, who wants to try some hypnosis? Let me know in the chat box. If you'd like to try some hypnosis. Yes, excellent. Okay. Cool. Okay, so just make yourselves comfortable. Allow yourself to, if you're sitting, then just allow yourself to sit back. And you can put your feet flat on the floor. If you've got your legs crossed, uncross your legs so that you can allow yourself to relax completely. Just focusing on the sound of my voice. Any other sound can just allow you to relax even more, taking you deeper and 
deeper, becoming more and more relaxed, more and more at ease. And you can really take your time to relax. You should begin by relaxing your mind. Your body can relax too. You really should just allow yourself to feel that lovely, relaxing state of calm. I wonder if you can remember the most relaxed you've ever been. Just allow your unconscious mind to become more aware, more awake. Your conscious mind can just drift and dream. Your unconscious mind can allow that relaxation to happen all the way. And you should really enjoy the feelings, peace, tranquility. And as you do that, your mind can make all kinds of connection. It can be almost as though your mind takes you on a journey inside. Maybe it's as if you are floating gently, safely and securely in a warm, fleecy cloud, drifting, dreaming, looking down at that version of you, just sitting there. I wonder if you can feel that sense of comfort growing. Maybe almost as though you were entering the most peaceful scene. And that can be just like when you go into trance. You can allow your unconscious to do all the learning. And your unconscious mind is always there looking to protect you, looking to keep you safe in some way. And your unconscious mind knows just how much to hang on, just how much to let go. As a child, you learn to let go. You learn to let go of your bottle when you'd had enough. You learn to pull yourself up on the side of your crib. To let go when you wanted to lie back down. You learn to crawl and to pull yourself up on furniture when you are ready to walk you learn to let go and take those first steps if you've ever watched a child learning to walk you know that they Take those first steps with the hands out in front of them or up above their head to protect them. It's their unconscious mind is looking to keep them safe. So just allowing yourself to get in touch with that unconscious part of you now.
and your conscious mind can start to count backwards from 300. With each number just taking you deeper and deeper into trance, becoming more and more relaxed. It can be almost as though there's a tiny voice in the back of your head telling you to just relax, relax, relax. You start counting now. I will help you start off. 300, 299, 298, relax, 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 297, 296. And at some point you can notice that you've relaxed those numbers right out of your mind. And I wonder what you notice when you notice that. Drifting deeper and deeper, becoming more and more relaxed, more and more at ease. I wonder if you can find yourself in a special place and you're on your own and there's no one around. This place is just for you. It could be somewhere you've been to before, but it's different now, somehow. You can take some time to explore that place. It could be a beach, a park. It could be a mountain park. Just exploring that place. There's only you. No one to bother you. Nothing to worry about. Looking around. Coming to a building. A door. You can open that door. Go inside that building. Noticing that it's some kind of control room and there's buttons and switches, and dials. You can look around that control room. All those dials and switches are labeled. Just find the dial from self-esteem. Maybe like a kind of dial that you get on a stereo. It may be a, like a volume button on your phone. Maybe it's a lever. Just imagine turning that control all the way, all the way up to the maximum. Feeling maximum self-esteem. I wonder if you can imagine what that would feel like to To have maximum self-esteem. What would you be doing differently? How would you feel? How would people react 
to you. Who would notice first? Just take a moment and allow yourself to really experience them. Really enjoy them. Increased self-esteem. Maybe you can see yourself in a situation. Maybe in the coming days or weeks. See yourself there now. Really connect with that future version of you. See through their eyes, feel what they feel. Maybe you can get a sense in it. Self-esteem in your body somehow. Maybe you can imagine those new neural pathways being created in your brain. Having more value for yourself, self-worth. Really experiencing that now. Maybe you can get a sense of Smiling to yourself, either then or now. Now, when you're ready, you can open your eyes, come back to the present, noticing how good it feels. Noticing how good you feel. And over the coming days and weeks, you can notice. And those things can let you know that things have begun to change, that you have begun to change. Maybe you'd like to stretch and yawn. When you're back, just let me know in the chat box. Let me know if you enjoyed that. Use the chat box to let me know. Excellent. Does it increase your physical pain? How do you mean? Hypnosis can be used to reduce pain. Feel relaxed. Excellent. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, hypnosis can be used to reduce pain. Um, shouldn't increase pain. Okay, so going back to the presentation. So to help people increase their self-esteem and self-confidence, I've created a eight-week program. 
and we are going to be helping people um, with inner child healing. So as I said previously, uh, you know, many of us pick up all kinds of limiting beliefs and self-esteem issues in childhood. Um, so through inner child healing, we can start to overcome those issues. Um, we can learn to set boundaries. When we have low self-esteem, as I said, we can be a people pleaser, a doormat. And so we'll be learning to set boundaries. We'll also be doing confidence building techniques. And because it's a group program, we'll be able to keep each other accountable and reduce anxiety, stop negative self-talk. Um, and the program runs for eight weeks and I'm next going to be running it on the 15th of December. And it's gonna look like this. On week one, we're gonna be looking at anxiety and we're gonna be looking at how the inner child influences our lives. Then in week two, we're gonna be looking at goals and we're gonna be doing inner child work. Week three is gonna be mindfulness and emotional regulation. And then on week four, it'll be self-acceptance and parts integration. Week five, uh, we're gonna be looking at emotional flashbacks. And when we grow up in dysfunctional families, we can suffer what are called emotional flashbacks. And these are amygdala hijackings. They're basically similar to like PTSD flashback would be, for example, if someone's been in a war zone and they hear a car backfire, they associate it with a gunshot and it causes them to flash back, to regress to that traumatic event. Um, with an emotional flashback, because, you know, many of us who grow up with dysfunctional families experience the trauma uh, repeatedly and sometimes before we can even remember. So we suffer what are called emotional flashbacks, which, are, which can be triggered by all kinds of things and even just intimacy can trigger them. So we're going to be looking at them and how we can stop them. And then on week six is going to be reintegration of the inner infant. Uh, week seven, reintegration of the inner toddler. And then on week eight is going to be more confidence building exercises. So the cost of this program, it's a new program. So I was going to offer it an introductory price of 199 um, but if you're interested in it and you book a call with me after this workshop today the special price is 125 if anyone's interested in that i will share with you the link to book onto that in a moment so Thank you for taking the time to join me today. I hope you found this workshop useful. Uh, I'll now stop screen sharing and I will stop recording.